Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and our reading comes from Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 5 and 16 through 13. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. Then the men set out from there, and they looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? No, for I have chosen him, that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin. I must go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous who are in it. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fare is the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered, Let me take it upon myself to speak to my Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him. Suppose forty are found there? He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, do not let my Lord be angry if I speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Let me take it upon myself to speak to my Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, do not let my Lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose ten are found there? He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This week we look at the idea of asking questions. 
And I bring this up because I realized that as I was asking for your questions, that sometimes there's a hesitancy to ask. Now, this can come from many different places. Sometimes it's just because we feel like if we are asking questions, then we have to admit that we don't know something or that we don't understand it. Sometimes asking questions feels like it means that we are questioning the material itself. And when discussing the Bible, that can feel very awkward for people at times. Sometimes it feels like we are questioning God, and that too can raise many concerns. And I think one of the problems is that we often don't have a good frame of reference for how we ask questions, and if we should ask questions. So I decided to use a very good example of somebody asking questions. Our reading today is from Genesis with a story of Abraham. Abraham doesn't just ask questions. He doesn't just raise possibilities. Abraham does something that I would consider to be rather bold. Abraham questions God. Now, honestly, that in of itself is a bold move. An incredibly bold move on Abraham's part to be questioning God in God's presence. And I think a lot of people would definitely shy away from doing this. Sometimes it's even put that we should stop questioning and start believing, as if having a question is a mark of bad faith. I don't see Abraham as not having faith in God in this exchange. I do not see Abraham as somebody having a crisis of faith at this time. I don't even see Abraham as doubting God's goodness or God's judgment even. What I do see is Abraham wanting to understand and Abraham wanting to know what it is God plans on doing. And Abraham wants to know how far God's love and forgiveness are going to be stretched in this instance. This shows a lot about both Abraham and the character of God. Abraham has some special guests come to see him, including the Lord. Abraham then poses a number of questions to God. He has heard that the men are heading out. Sodom and Gomorrah are to be destroyed. So Abraham poses a number of questions to God. Because God has decided that Abraham needs to know what's happening. All of those questions are under the same thing. What's going to happen to the people of Sodom? Now Abraham begins the rather vague question about whether or not the righteous will be swept away with the wicked. To understand, Abraham raises a hypothetical. What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will the whole place be swept away, including those 50 righteous people? Now if the question ended here, I don't know if I would credit Abraham with being so incredibly bold. It's bold enough to be asking God those questions, but Abraham doesn't stop there. Abraham, in his own way, is exhorting God with the last part of this question. But also making a statement about where he anticipates the answer is going to come from. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fares the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Abraham 
Abraham makes a statement about God. But it's also a statement of expectation. Now, I do need to note something here. Abraham is pointing out a quality of God that he admires, respects, and believes in. God is just, and Abraham believes it. I say this because we can get ourselves a little mixed up. Because there's another famous instance of asking questions of God. And we see Job doing that. And I didn't include Job in our reading because it would have been very much all over the place trying to capture that essence. Job asks questions of God, but there's a difference in the way they're asked. Job gets a reprimand for trying to put God in the wrong. Abraham isn't doubting God's justice. Quite the opposite, Abraham is confident that God is very just. Abraham wants to know the extent of that justice and mercy, just hoping for a response from the Lord. And he gets one. What is God's answer? If there are 50 righteous people, the entire city will be saved. And then we see more boldness from Abraham. Abraham replies again. And this is where he starts to really push things. And I love Abraham for it. Because he is willing to ask those questions. We get another statement here from Abraham that we can compare to Job. And we can have a decent contrast with this. Abraham begins with humility. Saying, let me take it upon myself to speak to my Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Abraham sets himself up from the beginning as humbly seeking God. As a mere mortal man. Job has a similar line, but it is the last thing Job says after being questioned by God. Job discovers humility after being reminded of God's greatness. Job seemed to ask questions that would put God in the wrong Abraham recognizes God's greatness in how he even asks his questions. And I think the difference is that Abraham sets out to say, look, I know that I am just a mortal human being trying to understand the divine. Abraham wants to understand God better without putting himself above who he is. He instead uses it as the reason he wants to know. That he is only human, and because of that, needs God's help to understand. So Abraham asks what will happen if the city is five short of that 50 people. If five of those 50 are lacking and are not found to be righteous, will God still destroy them? And the Lord answers again that he will not destroy them for 45. Abraham pushes things further. Now, at this point, you might be thinking to yourself, gosh, Abraham, you really push your luck, don't you? But I think that curiosity is a good thing and a wonderful thing to have. And I think it's good that Abraham is doing this. God doesn't seem to get angry with Abraham over any of this either. 
God brought it to Abraham. God deemed that Abraham needed to know. Abraham is sitting there asking questions and God is responding. What that says to me is that Abraham comes to God with good faith questions, not already declaring to know what the answer is, but genuinely seeking answers, genuinely seeking knowledge, genuinely seeking wisdom. Abraham wants to understand God's justice and compassion. And Abraham continues to push the issue by asking again and again. He pushes it down to 40, then to 30, and then to 20. And each time, God says that for that number of righteous people, he won't destroy the city. And each time Abraham pleads for God to not be angry because he has another question. Now there's two things happening here that I want to touch base on. One is Abraham asking for patience as he tries to understand and asks his questions. The second part is God showing patience and answering those questions. And part of what this shows for me is an example for us and how we may ask questions of each other. Both that we ask for patience as we try to form the questions and that we show patience when we ourselves are answering them. Because what we see here is a great example of trying to understand something and needing more information. Abraham doesn't doubt that God is just. To the contrary, Abraham wants to know just how righteous God is and just how far his forgiveness extends. And so Abraham asks one last question. What if there are only ten righteous people found within the city? Would God save an entire city for the sake of just ten people? God's reply is that he will not destroy the city if ten people can be found. And that seems to be good enough for Abraham. Could he have asked more? Yeah, he could have. But I think Abraham is satisfied. I think that satisfied Abraham's curiosity on this matter. Abraham wanted to know more, so he asked questions until he knew as much as he needed to. And he rests comfortably with the information that he has been given. And there's another important lesson to be learned from this. If Abraham can sit and ask God questions, shouldn't we be able to ask each other questions about God? Shouldn't we be able to entertain those questions, even deeper philosophical questions? They get to the heart of our faith without feeling that we are doing something wrong by even thinking of those questions? Because I'm going to share something with you. Lots of people have lots of questions that they don't ask. And when they don't ask them, they remain ignorant of the answer. And I wish they would ask. Because one of the best ways we can inform ourselves about something is to ask questions. Abraham wants to be more informed about God, so he asks God questions. He wants to understand God better. We have to be willing both to ask questions, but also to answer them. Because we need to be able to ask questions of our faith, but we also need to be answer, answer questions about our faith. And we have the examples of how to handle both right here. 
We have someone asking questions, earnestly seeking knowledge, and those questions being answered with love and patience so that knowledge and wisdom can be gained. Which brings me to the point for today. It's not wrong for someone to ask questions. It's not wrong for someone to ask questions about faith. It's not wrong to ask questions about God. In fact, those questions are important. Those questions help us grow in who we are. They help us to grow in our faith, grow in our understanding, and grow in wisdom. That we may understand more deeply, that we may believe more deeply. Because as we grow in our faith, being willing to ask those hard questions, we are strengthened as we find the answers. Sometimes we are simply strengthened by the journey to find those answers. So I encourage all of you to be willing to ask questions of faith. And when you are given questions of faith that you may answer patiently and lovingly, that we may all grow together in God's steadfast love. Amen.